you know you have a powerful story? I'm Mary DeMuth, and in this podcast, I share stories of everyday people who remind you that you're not alone as you untangle your own story. Because of the outrageous generosity of God, I believe you can experience a joyful restory moment right now. Remember, the old is gone, the new awaits. The Restory Show starts now. Season 4, Episode 9. Today's podcast is brought to you by BookLaunchMentor.com. So if you've ever wanted to write a book or people have pestered you, they pulled you aside and they said, hey, you have an amazing story and you need to write your story down or you've been teaching a long time and I sure would love to hold a book of yours in my hands. If someone has bothered you, consider me as the next botherer and come on over to booklaunchmentor.com where you're going to get a lot of free resources and some ways for you to launch that book with joy and not with um, creepiness or salesman-ishness, which is not a word, but I just made it up. Also, I'd really appreciate it if you could share a review on iTunes this week. Just um, run on over to iTunes and click on the Restory Show and write two or three sentences. That's all it takes. And that little effort is your way of saying thank you for the content that you've received here on the Restory Show. Um, Reviewing it helps expand the reach. And that's been my heart from the beginning. And you know, I, I have to be honest, sometimes I look at other people's statistics and I get discouraged. But I know that God has us all on different pathways, and I'm learning the value and the the beauty of having gratitude. So just you are listening to this, and that makes this whole podcast a win. Just you sitting there or walking or taking a run or in your car or however you're listening to it, doing dishes, you are the win to this podcast because I am doing it for you and for the love of you. Now, if you'd like to share a little bit of your story, you can on the Restory Show. Go to marydemuth.com. At the right-hand side, you'll see a little microphone. I've said this every week, so I'm getting kind of tired of saying it, but it's true. Go to that right-hand side microphone and record your four-minute story, and we'll put it up on the end of the episode. And that's a way for you to get on the Restory Show. Now, today, I'm welcoming my friend Luke Williams, and he's sharing a story that we haven't really shared a lot yet um, with the Restory Show listeners. His is a story of health and weight loss and becoming stronger and falling back and, and uh, just that battle that many of us have with food and with body image and with all those things. So he just has a terrific story, and I know that you will be blessed by listening to it. So let's welcome Luke. Hey everyone, it's Mary Demuth from The Restory Show, and I'm so excited to have Luke Williams on with me today. And Luke, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Mary. I'm so excited to have you here, and I want to hear just a little bit for the listeners, just give us a background of who you are, where you grew up, and your little your micro story. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, uh, I am Luke Williams. I grew up in mostly in Topeka, Kansas. I'm the son of a preacher, so we moved around a little bit, but Second grade through high school was all in Topeka, Kansas, uh, and I had always known I wanted to come to Oklahoma for college, and so I moved here in 2000 when I graduated and met my wife on the very first day of school, you even did? though we didn't start dating right away, <laughs> but yeah. Somebody was uh, nice enough to bless us with a picture that they found of us, even though we weren't talking to each other. We were, we were there uh, together on that very first day, so it was pretty cool. That's cool. I've got... Uh, Four beautiful kids, uh, ages seven, five, four, and one. So that always keeps us busy. And my wife and I both work from home. We've uh, we've been married for 15 years now. Uh, like I said, grew up in Kansas. Had a great childhood. Uh, always felt loved. I've actually got three siblings myself, so grew up in a household of four. 
So I kind of knew what I was getting into for better or worse with that. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what four would be like. <laughs> Now you just need to have more just to kind of like supersede your legacy or whatever. Well, we've got two fur babies too, so we'll, we'll count those. <laughs> yeah, those do count. I, As a puppy owner, I totally agree with you on that one. Okay, so what story would you like to share today with the ReStory listeners? Well, I want to share a story about uh, my own personal health transformation, and I'm going to take it back to really to the very beginning about some of the things that I've identified that were part of the cause of my struggles and then hopefully take it all the way through to some of the things that I've found that have helped me overcome some of those struggles as well. So taking it back all the way to childhood, as I said, I grew up in a home where I was loved. I knew that I was loved. I always knew that that I was a child of God and became a Christian when I was 12 years old and, and really didn't ever struggle with that. Like I always had a confidence in knowing that uh, I was loved by Christ and had a relationship with Him, and my parents loved me and, and all those things. However, I did encounter uh, some really hateful bullies as a result of my weight in the seventh grade. And so that really, as I've thought about this and, and as I've told my story throughout the years of my own health transformation, that was really where kind of the thoughts of negativity and kind of uh, negative self-image and negative self-worth kind of came from was was from that. Ironically, I grew up playing soccer. I always loved playing soccer, but these bullies were were during soccer practice in the seventh grade. So bad so that in the eighth grade, I didn't play soccer. That's the only year ever that I didn't play soccer. And it really, they just made fun of me, calling me bad names. And it was it was about my body. And so that, as you can imagine, a 11, 12-year-old boy, that, that was not good. So and I did kind of overcome some of those things throughout high school and made some steps to improve myself and really, really worked hard kind of as a result of that bullying. However, I've, I've realized that it's been a source of really a recurring pattern that I've had. Like because of the bullying that I had, I really wanted to be the best at soccer, but I never was. Like I was always pretty good at everything. I played soccer and I got really good at it, but never the best. I was uh, in our high school singing at choir, our magicals group, but I was not the best at it. So by the time I reached uh, college and, and my professional age, I knew that it was something that I wanted to really try and be the best at. And, and I have always found myself now in a recurring pattern of pouring myself 100% into whatever I'm doing, for better or worse. And and so as I got into uh, my career, which was in banking, I poured myself 100% into that to the exclusion of other things in my life. So I always had a good relationship with my family and and I've always been a pretty good dad, but I really let my uh, health slide as I was trying to cr climb that corporate ladder and be the best in banking. And I ended up kind of creating a facade of success is how I look at it. And, and it's not the kind of success that I enjoyed because what I had created also was trapping me. So I got to a level of success in banking, uh, but then I had several, which I'm going to tell some little mini stories within this bigger story, several occasions where I really felt trapped in a way. Uh, and, and it was because of the things that I had created without focusing on really my relationship with God and really focusing on 
getting rid of the negative self-talk that I had really allowed to rule my life for so long. And so I built up this career in banking where I finally was the best. I was always the youngest to accomplish different things. I was a sales leader. I was in management, had advanced really high level in my career. But in uh, 2009, I got a call at five o'clock in the afternoon. Lacey had gotten home from work and she had said, hey, we've been broken into. And uh, so here I was in a, a high level of success, but my wife was at home and I was trapped. I could not leave. Like I was the closing manager at the bank. I couldn't leave. And I was like, wow, my wife needs me and I cannot go. Uh, and so that was my first feeling of feeling trapped within what I had created. So thankfully, her brother lived close and he was able to come make sure she was safe and everything like that. But that was a desperate feeling for me. And and the first kind of realization that that something that I had created had caused me to feel trapped. And then on uh, the more health topic, what I want to talk about more big picture I knew because of that instance, the robbery that happened at our house, I knew that I wanted to get out of a career where I felt trapped. So I was trying to find something within uh, banking that I knew that would give me some more flexibility in my schedule. So I was looking for this job as, as a lender where I wouldn't have responsibilities at the bank. I found that job, uh, went after it. But then again, in a very short amount of time, I had that same experience of feeling trapped because uh, actually, the hiring manager who I had built a good relationship with came to me and said, Luke, we, we really like you. We think you would be good for this job. But there are some serious concerns over whether or not you'd be able to do this job because of your weight. And that was the first time I had ever heard that. Like, it, I don't know if it was the right right or wrong thing for him to t tell me that. But um, in hindsight, I really appreciate it, even though it was very painful to hear at the time. Did he say Why? There, there was concerns. There, there had been people who had looked similar to me, I guess, and, and been severely overweight who had done that job in the past and hadn't been so successful. And there was, uh, from upper management, a concern that in that role, it's kind of a, I mean, as a lender, it's a little bit about perception and, right, and right. you're kind of the face of the bank and things like that. So, I, I could see how that was maybe a concern, although I really didn't appreciate it at the time. But yeah, he told me, they were like, we know you would be good at that. We know all your skills are there and we know you're good with people, but we're just not sure if, if you'll be able to do this uh, just because of, of really because of the way you look. And so that really brought it full circle for me. Like, uh, I had somebody once again telling me now as an adult, as a successful adult, telling me that I might not be able to do something because of my weight. Uh, so that was a big slap in the face. And thankfully, they ended up giving me the chance. But uh, that was that was one moment where I was like, wow, I've, I've got to do something about this. We at the time have, had already had two of our kids. And I did go ahead and get that job, thankfully, and uh, was able to progress within that job. But I, I knew I needed to change. And so right around the time we had our third child is when I finally got serious about my health and and had one more kind of wake up call that made me realize it was time to do something. I every day would get home from work at, at this new job and was feeling drained uh, and was actually thinking, well, maybe. Maybe they were right. 
maybe I shouldn't be doing this job. It's it's not a hard job physically, but it is kind of taxing mentally and, and stressful sometimes. And I would just get home every day, even from a desk job, and was feeling feeling like I had given everything I had at work and and had some uh, really bad health scares. I, I woke up several times in the night feeling like I had stopped breathing. And I was like, man, I'm about to have my third kid. And I'm not even sure if I'm going to be around for for them to go to school, let alone walk, walk them down the aisle and things like that. So Oof, that's a big one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I, I really knew that I needed to make some changes. Uh, the problem is that all throughout my 20s, which is when I gained all that weight, I knew like, uh, and I don't know if this is a guy thing or if it's just a people thing, but most of us know whenever we've got a major problem, like, so for people, I, like, as you don't know, I had put on well over a hundred pounds. I, I had always kind of on the way up, uh, which is not a good thing, but I knew I was getting bigger and bigger, but I would weigh and I would say, well, I'll never get over 250 pounds. I'll just never let that happen. And then blew by that. And then I would never get over 280 pounds. I blew by that and, and just kept on getting bigger and bigger. And then I was like, well, I will never let myself get over 300 pounds. If I ever get over 300 pounds, that means it's out of control. And then I saw 300 pounds on the scale. And I was like, man, this is, <laughs> but I, I even still, I was young. I, I was doing good things in my career life in general was good except for my health. And so I was like, well, I'll figure that out someday. Like someday I'll make that change. Uh, that's, that's not, that's still not as urgent. Um, so someday I'll get there. What, what was the final wake up call in light of, uh, what I was just talking about earlier about the health concerns and stuff like that. When I finally stepped on the scale one day and no longer saw a weight, but it said E. Oh no. I know. That was the final straw. I was like, man, my scale is not even reading a number now. And so all those things I said, someday I'm going to do this. That was right at the time where I said, okay, no, no, there's no more someday. Today has got to be the day that I, that I do something about this. So uh, it was just, I mean, it was God's timing that right at that time I got introduced to to a community of support and in a challenge that I joined through through this uh, coach that helped me it was like a biggest loser style challenge in my neighborhood joined that contest I didn't even win that contest but ultimately it ended up connecting me to the to the programs and and things that have really been instrumental in getting me uh, and my health back in shape so that was 2013 right before we had our our first kiddo I remember she was born in early March, and that contest started on March 1st of 2013. So I remember doing push-ups in the uh, hospital room after she was born because I was like, okay, I've got to do something even though I'm stuck here in the hospital room. So, yeah, it that was the beginning of my journey. And over that year, uh, from 2013 to 2014, I ended up losing over 100 pounds. Actually, 105 pounds was the most that I lost on the scale. Wow. Uh, actually, I actually don't know exactly how much because E was the last. <laughs> That's right. From the it's last probably number, more. Yeah. Ended up losing over 100 pounds. And so things that you would have never seen me think that I would ever do was being a group fitness instructor. And that's something that after all this time of, of working really hard, I found a passion for 
not only my own health, but but helping other people get healthy as well. And started teaching classes at a gym here here locally and started helping people online as well get healthy. So it was something that allowed me in a new way to experience what I had always enjoyed was helping people. And so it was, it was pretty cool. However, unfortunately, I uh, well, I'll, I'll tell a little bit more from that point. I wanted to set a goal like I had this new healthy body or I was on my way to a new healthy body. So I wanted to run a half marathon that I'm not a runner. I hate running (laughs) unless I'm playing soccer. I don't want to run. That's just like my husband. (laughs) Same thing. I know you love running. So I apologize. (laughs) So I just was like, but I'm going to do this. So I actually ran the Oklahoma City marathon or half marathon in 2015. So that was a year where where I had been healthy, I got to train for that. I really actually enjoyed it. Kind of a cool story. I was baptized on April nineteenth, nineteen ninety five, which is uh, happened to be the day of the Oklahoma City bombing. I I was kind of oblivious to that as a twelve year old, but that was when I was baptized into Christ, and and then so that was a cool kind of reconnecting to not only that event, but but just remembering. Uh, my own faith and things like that. It was kind of cool to get to participate in that event. But so I ran that half marathon, super exciting. And then I, like many people who struggle with health and weight, let a lot of those uh, negative, negative uh, body image issues, self-doubt, limiting beliefs on you're not good enough kind of creep back in. And over the next two years, even though I didn't gain a whole lot of weight back, I kind of fell off track and uh, it, that that's been a really big struggle for the last couple of years. I think um, getting to where I wanted to be, uh, but then kind of losing sight of the fact that it's not about a destination necessarily. It's really about enjoying the journey. So once I accomplished that big thing of running that half marathon, I fell off and kind of lost lost sight of what I'm doing, why I'm doing this. And that that's been a real big struggle from really from 2015, mid 2015 until earlier this year is when I finally got back on track and reconnected with, with why I'm doing this and, and how I can, how I can better not only my own life, but others by, by continuing to do this. Well, you've taken, I, I know you, so I know you've taken a pretty large leap in your career, which involves this journey. So tell us a little bit about the frightening decision or joyful decision, however you want to view it. Like, how's it's, that been? It's definitely both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I started banking in 2001 and, and I have been a career banker. I, I really just got into that career as something to do during college, but then uh, ended up getting my degree in finance and and loving that career. But in 2015, I kind of knew that that's when I started doing the group fitness thing. I kind of knew that that I wanted to help people in another way because of the power of, of the change in my own life. I knew that I wanted to help people in in that. And so uh, starting in really 2014, after I lost that 100 pounds, I started working towards becoming a full-time health and fitness coach. And so that's actually now what I do. I It's an interesting thing, though. I, I, I want to expand a little bit on that. So ironically, the fact that I was going to become a full-time health and fitness coach actually 
for some reason, I allowed that to be something that got in the way of my own health and fitness. That makes no sense, uh, but it kind of does as I think about it. In 2015 is when we decided that I was going to work towards this goal of leaving banking and working full-time from home. And so I almost shelved my own personal health and fitness and got back into that same mindset of working so hard in my career so that I could make that shift. So I, I shelved at working really hard on me and started working really hard on my job again. And that's, that's where I kind of lost sight of, of what, what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I, I went back to the all in on banking so that I could make enough money to, to make this shift and, and work from home. But it, it didn't do me any good. I, I lost sight of why I was doing this. And it was for my own health, for the health of my family, friends that I care about. And, and really I allowed myself to get back off track as a result of that. So I left my job in February of 2017. And ironically, I quit my job to be a full-time health and fitness coach but I was so messed up physically, emotionally, and mentally because of that transition that for two months, I only worked out like three days in two months after becoming a full-time health and fitness coach. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I was, I was talking with a friend about it in early April, and I was like, man, I, I don't know what's going on, uh, but just sharing that, I think, was part of what, what got me back on track just sharing that with a close friend that man I because it was a it was kind of a secret like not that I was intentionally hiding that from anyone but I just it was something that I wasn't openly sharing about about the struggle part of it was physical like I I was not feeling well but I really think that it was just the the stress of having finally taken that leap and uh, and having worked so hard to get to that point and it, it was it was a it was a rough transition. Like after I told my job that I was leaving, it was not a great situation for those last couple of months because I I wanted to do the right thing and give them lots of heads up that I was leaving. But that was kind of a rough last couple of months because I was this guy who was staying to help them out, but I wasn't really like they they knew I was leaving on a certain day. So 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 that was a rough uh, a rough time and. And I just I, I really kind of intentionally shelved working out, eating healthy and all those things and and did lots of the wrong things. Way, way too many hamburgers and way too much pizza during that time. Uh, but finally, in in mid-April, actually, a mutual friend, I think it's Tracy, gave Lacey a piece of advice. And I don't know it, in what context this was, but it was something that I found really powerful in in applying to my own life. And it's the concept of instead of saying someday I will do this, uh, someday I'm going to be better, someday I'm going to get back on track, it's just a little shift that for some reason has stuck with me. Instead of saying someday I'm going to start eating healthy, I would say someday I'm going to allow myself to have that again, whether that be a hamburger or a pizza or whatever. But today is not that day. And that little shift, just a little tweak of, uh, instead of saying someday I'm going to start doing the good thing, then just saying someday I'm going to allow myself to do that cheap thing or whatever, that shift really helped me. And so in mid-April, I, I got back on track, and that was kind of my daily mantra is 
someday I'll allow myself to to eat junk food or or not work hard in a workout. But today is not that day. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do the right things today, and that really helped me. Along with, like I said, sharing with a few close friends about about the things that I've been struggling with and getting back to focusing on uh, the journey and not so much a, a goal. Because I think with health and fitness, something that I've really realized over this time and and over my struggle is that it's really not about a goal. Like there's no magic number on the scale that that a person can get to that's going to make them happy. There's no shape of your body that's going to, that you can get to that's going to make you happy. Like it, you have to be happy every day. Like you just have to be content with this is where I am. Uh, and, and I'm blessed that God has allowed me to be here and, and I'm thankful for what I have and what I can do now. Even if I want to be better, even if I want to do more, even if I want to be different, I can still be happy in, in where I am today. And so that's, that's been a really big shift for me lately. I love that. And I think about 100% of people on the earth struggle with this issue uh, in varying degrees or another. And I think a couple times you said, I had to get back to my why. And I, I want to camp on that a little bit because I think you're right. Um, if you are an achiever, and I think you and I are cut from the same cloth, you do tend to run toward those one big goals and it's the maintaining of health that can be the thing that trips you up. So how has maintaining your why or putting your why in front of you, which I heard you say, you know, it's my kids, it's my family. I want to be there for my family. I want to work from home and be with them in case someone wants to break into my house. I'll be there, you know, uh, I want to be there. So how does having that why help you with sustained healthy choices? Yeah, so if you're... You, you always have to make decisions in the context of that why. And, and if you do that, similar to the idea that I was just talking about with, or really in, in, in step with the idea of I, I'm going to make a different choice, but today is not that day. I, I have that in the context of my why. Like, does eating this pizza get me closer to my goal or not? No, <laughs> in most cases, unless my uh, goal is to enjoy pizza today, then... <laughs> Or it has then, a cauliflower no, so, crust or something, right? right. <laughs> Which so doesn't taste I, the same, I just by the make way. Every decision now in the context of of that, and it really makes it a lot easier. Like if you're thinking about how good this pizza is going to taste, then yeah, you're going to go eat the pizza. But if you're thinking about, well, that's going to really make me sluggish when I want to go uh, hang out with my kids this evening or go swim in the pool with them tonight then you might not go for the pizza. You might go for, for something else. Uh, and by all means, we definitely still eat pizza. I don't want anybody to, to to be fooled about that. But yeah, so if you have a why that is connected to something different than a number on the scale or I want to lose 20 pounds or whatever, if you have a why that's deeper of I want to be healthy for my kids, I want to be able to run around in the backyard and kick a soccer ball with my son as he gets older, I want to uh, be able to provide in a way that allows me to be present as well, then that's a lot more powerful than a goal of 20 pounds on the scale or running a half marathon or things like that. It, you have to have something that actually means something. And when I talk to people, we they probably get frustrated with me a little bit, but the first answer is never deep enough. And, and even with me, the first answer and the second answer is never deep enough. Like it's, I, if, 
if I'm talking to somebody in the spring and they say, I want to lose 20 pounds, I say, well, why do you want to lose 20 pounds? And they say, well, I'm going to go to the beach in July, so I want to look good on the beach. And I say, well, why do you want to look good on the beach? And and then that really gets to, well, because the last time I went to the beach, I was ashamed of of how I looked or I felt uncomfortable the entire time and I couldn't just enjoy myself. So I don't want to have that as a distraction. And then we're getting somewhere. But at the same time, while we're having those conversations, it's not about what other people think of you unless that unless that is creeping into your own thoughts of yourself. And then back to what I said before, like uh, we talk a lot about being content with where you are, even if you want to make progress. Uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting to make progress. That That's always good. Uh, but you have to keep that in context of being happy and content with where you are as well. One of the things that I've learned over the years, and you've, you've hinted at this as well, has been you can get pretty far running away from a negative circumstance, like in reaction to. So you had those bullies in the seventh grade, and that compelled you forward to do something different. But mm-hmm. that only gets you to a certain place in the journey what gets you farther is if you have a compelling goal in front of you versus something negative behind you. Negative will push you so far, but something compelling in front of you, like I want to be a good dad, I want to play soccer with my kids, that pulls you forward. And and I commend you for understanding and kind of going to those deeper places of finding, you know, that why. And then I also, one of the things I liked on your journey that I think is really important for all of us in whatever realm we are, however we want to have health, whether it be mental health or emotional health or spiritual health or physical health, is having accountability, but not in a, the accountability only lasts as deep as you will allow it to last. And you were willing to say to your friend, I, hey, I've worked out twice in two months or three times in two months, and that's what's going on. And you were willing to be honest. I think a lot of us tend to have quasi-fake community where we present our best selves, and mm-hmm. then we never grow. So how has having accountability and community helped you as well in this journey? Yeah, that's that's a powerful thing, and I appreciate you bringing that up because honestly, that's that's been the key to my success. So, as, as I said earlier, when I was telling the story, like the difference in all of my twenties was, I know what to do. I will do this someday. But then the difference that really made me connect and actually start to do something was that I could I plugged into that community. Like for me, it was like a Biggest Loser group that I joined and and it was a group. I mean, it could have been anything like it, it could have been any type of group, but the fact that I joined a group, those people pushed me because they were on the same journey. But then more than that, like you said, it gave me an opportunity to really be honest instead of just having that internal dialogue. It gave me an opportunity to share and, and go through a common struggle with, with people. And we were able to then pick each other up. Uh, we could we could commiserate together in our struggles, but then we could celebrate our successes together. And so, having those people that uh, that are now still my friends and still my support group has been extremely powerful. I think without that open communication, without the people that that I can really be honest with, I wouldn't be where I was. And it's it's paramount that you have true people that that are accountability not just like you said not just the goal or whatever but but people that you can really be honest with and and share those struggles and celebrate those successes 
And how would you say, looking back on this, what did your wife do well in the middle of this struggle that you've had? I think uh, she's always been supportive. That's the biggest thing. Like, she doesn't have the same struggles as I have had, which is great for her. It kind of makes me mad sometimes, but it's great for her. So (laughs) unfair. But but no matter what, uh, she's always been supportive. And I think, like, sometimes... I almost wish that she would have said, "Hey, you're getting kind of fat. You need to you need to do something." But I, I don't think that's her role, uh, and and that's okay. And I think uh, she's just always loved me, and so I think that's really been the key: is that no matter what I'm doing, whether whether it was on the way up those hundred pounds or back on the way down those hundred pounds, she's always loved me and she's always supported me. But especially this year. As, as I've gotten back on track and and have been more honest with her and and te- telling her about some of the struggles that I've had, she's been really good about saying, "Hey, is today the day that you want to make that choice?" and and that's been good uh, to have her just just being that extra voice of wisdom when when the one inside my head is not doing this job. You've mentioned that a lot. And I think about, again, about 100% of us battle this voice inside of our head, this negative voice, or you'll never, you'll never overcome this problem, or, you know, you don't deserve to be fit or whatever the voice might say. What have you learned this past year that has helped you kind of combat that negative voice in your head? Well, I mean, basically, I've had to learn how to realize that no matter what, and I've already said this a little bit, but no matter what, I'm always, I'm already good enough. And, and for all of us that have those people externally or, or have allowed us ourselves internally to tell ourselves that we're not good enough or that we're, we'll be uh, good enough when we achieve this, those types of things. I've really gotten the balance of, even if you want to be better, different, more, you're, sufficient and you're good enough in God's love as you are. And it doesn't have to be change is not a bad thing. It's okay if you want to change, but balancing and telling yourself that you are okay, even in the moment. And so what if you gain back 30 pounds, you're here today, you're making good decisions today. So don't worry about all that other stuff. Like, but it's hard. I mean, like there, there are, all of us who who have that negative voice going on at different times about different things that uh, because of either something a long time ago or something that just happened of do I really deserve this? Do I am I just always gonna struggle with this? And and even still, I've come to the realization that uh, I used to let the fact that I'm gonna always struggle with this be a negative, but now I've realized that. Hey, so what? I'm always going to struggle with this. This is always going to be a thing that I have to be conscientious about. But that's just, that's okay. I mean, I, that doesn't mean that I am any less than. That doesn't mean that, that I can't still overcome. So I think that's been a powerful thing just to own that part of my journey and realizing that, that I'll never be the, the guy who's, who's, who it's going to be easy for. But that doesn't mean that I still can't do it. And that reminds me too of, you know, Paul talking about the thorn in the flesh, even the apostle Paul had something he wished he could get rid of, but he couldn't. 
And it caused him to run to Jesus even more because he couldn't do it. And that encourages me too, because we all have these kinds of struggles. So you've given a lot of good tips and advice, but what, um, if you could kind of nutshell it down, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's struggling with their weight or their health or food, exercise, that whole realm? I think uh, we talked a little bit about this, but how I would consolidate it all into just a simple thing would be instead of focusing too much on looking back and instead of too much focus on looking ahead, uh, really focus on looking at the now and, and what can you do today to make a good choice. Uh, I think that we look at, especially if you have 100 pounds to lose like I did or, or a big mountain in front of you, you can look at that big mountain and say, man, I don't know how I'm going to get over this. But if you really just break it down into, okay, what am I going to do today that's going to get me closer to where I want to be tomorrow? And and looking up instead of out and looking in instead of looking back, I think are really powerful things to realize that you are already enough. Just the fact that you're a child of God makes you enough. The fact that you are here and making a good decision right now is enough. So, so I do a lot of Shanti workouts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, your listeners mm-hmm. know who he is. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things that he says a lot is that uh, when you get started in a workout, so what if you only do one push-up today? You did one, and that's more than you did yesterday. And that one is going to maybe lead to two tomorrow. And I think just that little progression and just saying whatever you can do today, whatever that 100% looks like today, is enough. And then it makes you stronger for the next day and then stronger for the next day. So just doing what you can in today and being happy with the decisions that you made as as you make those in the context of your why, I think is extremely powerful and is what really helped me get to get to the place where I am today of being back on track feeling empowered and feeling motivated to continue. I think there's some huge power in incremental change, but if you're an all or nothing person, it's really hard to discipline yourself toward incremental change. Like the one push up, the two, the three, the four. I I look at that and think, well, I want to do 25. And since I can't do 25, I'm going to do zero. And having that incremental, like, oh, well, one is enough. And then maybe tomorrow, one and a half, you know, right. I'll be better at it tomorrow. And I think that's that can trip us up. Now, over the past year, and you've shared a little bit about this already, how has God restoried you or given you a new story? Yeah, so it, the, the major shift for me over this last year has been uh, the tip that, that Tracy gave uh, to Lacey. And, and it's been a powerful shift for me in just realizing that I don't need to worry about the things I'm going to do someday. I need to worry about the things I'm going to do today. And through the struggle that I went through to get to that place in my own journey, it's really allowed myself uh, to find a new passion and a new purpose that I would have never really imagined in in connecting uh, with God in a way that I couldn't see before uh, and to feel his love in ways that I had forgotten and to realize that how special I am as a child of God has been a powerful thing. Like, for me, the weight is, that's the thing. Like, that's that's the tangible thing that I'm dealing with, but it's really just the the outward manifestation of, of kind of my own self-worth, and, and I've allowed uh, myself to realize that, 
that because of the fact that I'm a child of God, I'm, I'm uh, important beyond belief. And, and that's been something that really this year I've connected to in ways that I haven't before, because it's been all about the destination. And, and now that I've allowed it to be about something different and something deeper, it, it's been really powerful this year. I love that. I think it's a great way to end. And and also a little aside, we all heard that amazing advice, Lacey and I and some others in our mastermind gathering, which just goes to show again, undergirding the importance of having community around you that that will change your life. And let's stop being the lone, lone rangers. Let's stop being the, I can do this on my, by myself. I'll pull myself up by my own bootstraps. So I need other people. And they reflect back to you, just like your wife who loves you. She reflects back to you that same worth that you've been cultivating this year. So I appreciate that. And thank you so much, Luke, for being on the show. I know that there's going to be lots of people that resonate with your story. And I'm, I'm grateful that you are willing to share not only your victories, but your struggles as well, because I think that will resonate with people. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to The Restory Show. Do you mind if I pray for you? Lord, for all those listeners who are battling the bulge or who are battling addiction to food or stress with food or bewilderment by gaining weight or not being in shape or lacking the desire to be to be in shape or to exercise and to take care of the body that you've given us. Help us all to hear from you about this, to hear your truth and not society's truth and not what the world tells us, but your truth. Lord, help us to love ourselves so much that we take care of the body that you've given us. And Lord, there's so much condemnation around the diet industry. There's so much failure that's happened, and there's so much discouragement. So I pray that you would infuse in people today hope, that you would bring hope, that this is not how it always has to be. And Lord, it is a lot of work, and it does take discipline, and it does take establishing habits. And we are broken, messy people who don't always do that well. So we throw ourselves on your mercy. We ask for your strength. We ask for your perspective. And we thank you that we are beautifully and wonderfully loved right now as we are. And that really that's where the crux of everything is, is understanding our worth in you. So would you just shower us with your blessings of worth today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like more information about today's show, head on over to marydemuth.com forward slash four dash nine, and may you live a brand new healthy story this week.